Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Now back to 95.7 The Game. And welcome back to the game. Larry Kruger, Lorenzo Neal with you on this Labor Day as we uh, take you throughout the day. Whitey and Alan Stiles will be with you from 1 to 4. And then the Red and Gold Roundtable with Bonte and Damon. And the great Kyle Madsen comes at you at 4 to 6. Hope you're enjoying your your uh, day off, your extra day. Who doesn't love a three-day weekend, Low? I mean, three-day weekends are like the greatest thing of all time. No question, Larry. I mean, you should be barbecuing today, having a couple cold pops. I mean, Larry, what the heck are we doing here, baby? Let's go. I know. Seriously, you know, uh, I've got my uh, my kids coming home from from uh, their summer jobs this afternoon, and uh, I'm you know my they're driving in from Austin, Texas after a couple oh, days. Wow. Oldest son and oldest daughter, and I th- my you know I think I'm gonna bust. I think I'm going pork ribs. I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna do some ribs. On the grill I this afternoon. That. Yeah, I can appreciate that, Larry. Give give the give the people what they want. Tell me what you're going to do with them pork ribs. Let me hear how you're going to season them up. Give well, me something, Larry. I'm, I'm going dry rub. Already- I'm, I'm going dry rub, uh, which a little brown sugar, a little salt, a little pepper, a little paprika. Papri- that's my like mix: that. paprika, salt, pepper, garlic, and um, and some you know brown sugar. Got to go heavy on the brown sugar, and then uh, I'll coat them. Um, and then I'll, I'll, I'll you know, I, I do them on the grill. I don't do I don't okay. smoke them. So I, I don't have okay. a smoker. I wish I had a smoker. Do you have a smoker? I got a smoker, but I, I do the pellet. I, but I, you go pellet okay, grill? This is your show. This is your duck. You make it quack, baby. So I like that with your little paprika, a little brown sugar, a little garlic. Yes. You mar- you let, do you marinate it a little bit, a couple hours? Do you pull the, I, you pull the film I, off? The, well, the yeah, I definitely the, pull the membrane. I, I Or, membrane, you know, I'll okay. pull. I'll have the butcher. I usually, you know, maybe I'll hit like a Lenardi's and I'll say, hey, you know, can you pull the membrane for me? And okay. then I'll cut them. Okay. I, I like to cut the slabs into like uh, maybe uh, four, maybe into, you know, yeah, and I, I go. I usually go with the baby backs over the spare ribs, and then okay. I, the key is I don't put the barbecue sauce on until like the very end because I don't like them right. to get totally blackened with the sauce. I like that. That's I like right. to. I like to go with like um, kind of a lighter, maybe even like a Kinder's uh, sauce, okay. but maybe at the very end, like you know, within the last like forty minutes, I'll put the sauce on. So I, I go. I really do most of the cooking with just the dry rub. And then I'll go a little barbecue sauce right in the last in the last forty five minutes or so, just a nice little coating 
Um, and oh man, they're juicy. They're... Larry, send me your address. You got me. You got me over. <laughs> look, you, you see me staring at you like you a piece of meat, Larry. You got that thing sound. You got it sounding great, brother. So man, hey, that's what... gonna be a good time, man. Yeah, it's seriously, we time. get the call from Matt. Hey, you guys are supposed to go three hours. Matt, here's the deal. We went one hour. I started talking Q, and then we just took off. Is that okay? Exactly. 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 Oh man. Okay. There is a story breaking, and I teased it. Uh, the 49ers' decision to keep Jimmy Garoppolo reportedly was not fully embraced by Trey Lance, at least initially. This is according to Albert Breer from SI. He says Lance, quote, was a little annoyed in the immediate aftermath of Garoppolo signing a restructured deal to stay with the team. To me, that's almost a non-story. Um, if he wasn't a little annoyed, I'd question him. You know what I mean? I, I, to me, that's par for the course. It doesn't bother me or ch- change my feelings on anything. Um, I do care what the players think. Obviously, John Lynch cares. He polled 13 of his veteran players and asked them what they would think. He wasn't asking for their blessing because he said, hey, I was going to do it anyway. But I wanted to keep those guys in the loop. But it doesn't bother me that Trey was a little annoyed that they restructured Jimmy and he's sticking sticking around. I expect Trey to be a little annoyed, and that's okay. I don't, I you know, it. We live in a world where competition, I think, uh, is key. Um, and and to me, you know, I, if Trey wasn't annoyed, I'd be that would bother me more. Give me your thoughts on 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 you know the Forty ers you know, on the Jimmy G return, on the restructure. Um, how did you feel about it when you heard it? Well, I think it was. I, I think it's a great move by the Niners because here's the deal: I don't think you have a backup. I think when you look at the Niners, you think about who, who the guys that they had. If something happened to Trey, at times quarterbacks get dinged, and especially a quarterback, you know, Trey, what he brings to the table. There's no guarantees that he's going to make it, you know, of the whole season, or he might not get, he may get dinged up. And to have a quarterback like Jimmy G, who's a starter in this league that's not a bad place to be. You have a starting quarterback playing backup in the National Football League. That's That says something. So I look at it and you say, was Jimmy, was Trey disappointed? I don't think, I don't think he should be disappointed. I think that he should be kind of, you, not disappointed, but it should make me, if I'm a quarterback, make you a little angry, like, okay, they don't believe, or, or am I going to, I got to show everyone that I'm worthy of this job. But I don't think that's what, the, I don't think the Niners intended it to be that way. I think they knew that they had Jimmy and they weren't going to let him go, wasn't going to just cut him and release him. They said, hey, let's make sure this guy's taken care of. Let's give him a good contract, which he's you know, going to make some good money, and let him stay here and be a backup instead of just letting this guy hit the street and get nothing for him. Because if we need – if something were – if Trey were to, you know, just – play horribly you have someone that has some stability and the, and the and the team get behind him we got a bunch of people on the line who want to weigh in we got a bunch of people on the text line who are weighing in but before they do i, I got to get this out there for you i mean um you played 16 years in the nfl so you're absolutely the perfect guy in some ways to ask about this is this i mean the one thing that in willard and i debated this this week Willard was arguing, and I don't want to put words in his mouth, but that it was an obvious hedge on Trey Lance, the fact that they restructured Jimmy and brought him back for this year, that it was a, it was a clear indication to him that they were head, that the Niners, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, were hedging on Trey. Um, when you see that restructure, 
Do you think that that's more about Trey Lance or more about other factors? And when I say other factors, I just have seen so many things, um, Low, You know, when, when, we, when I was up in the booth in, in Canada, we had a guy who literally would be on the binoculars studying the play, you know, studying the guy on the sidelines for the other team, giving the plays in, reading lips. We had a person in the booth who could read lips and was trying to read the <laughs> lips of people talking through the headsets back to the booth. Any, you know, it's like if you're not cheating, you're not trying. And you see teams bring in players, whether it be inside backers, safeties, sometimes quarterbacks who get cut. Simply, they're not even interested in the player. They just want the intel. And to me, right. I think it's just it's it's naive to think that the Jimmy restructure is all about Trey. I think it has a lot to do with the fact that they're looking at that situation going, well, we got a player who's making $25 million, and if we let him go, we could wind up in L.A. He could wind up in Seattle, and they could wind up beating us, and that could be that could hurt our job security. That could that could hurt our the, you know public opinion on us, and also that could be our intel in their offices. Then with the restructure, you get Jimmy for six million, and now you got him at a nice palatable price. You don't have to worry about your intel winding up in L.A. or Seattle. And you got an insurance policy against a young quarterback who doesn't have a lot of experience. And you've now taken an asset that you couldn't trade, and you've lowered his salary to the point where a month from now, if if Trey looks great, you can trade him. So to me, it was a win-win-win, and it wasn't necessarily all about, man, Trey, we're really worried about Trey. I see other factors, but how do you see that restructure? Is it it a hedge on Trey? I'm in the same church, same pew you are, Larry. But Larry, what what does he get? He got six million. Can he make another nine? So what did it come he, out to? He's going to wind up making, you know, uh, fifteen, sixteen million dollars because most of those incentives. He's got like ten million dollars of incentives. But what I've heard and read is that most of those incentives are tied to things that are easily earnable and things that were tied to last year compared to this year. And so that he's that Jimmy's likely to make north of like be somewhere between twelve and sixteen million. And in that you look at that, that's that's good money. And that's yeah. that's what you, you want. And I think the Niners won because here's a, Jimmy had to grip on it, right, Larry? Jimmy could have said, I'm not going to restructure. Right. They would have been forced to cut him. So so when people were saying, oh, my God, well, that's a slap of Jimmy. It's, it's a slap on the Niners. They're just saying they want an insurance policy. Jimmy and his representation, didn't they have to agree he did not have to take a pay cut or he would have just or he could have said, I'm not taking this and you guys have to pay him twenty five million. Is or, that not correct? Or cut him. Yeah. They could him. they could have forced their way out the door. Yep. Absolutely. So with that being said, Larry, you look at this situation, so they you don't think that other that they were on the phone and said, Okay, we can force them to cut us. Can we get sixteen million? Is there there? So what is the mark? What is that telling Jimmy in his representation? Because he didn't have to sign this contract, like you said, he could have forced them to say, "I'm not taking this pay cut. You're going to pay me my twenty five and guarantee it, and, and or I'm, I'm or just cut me." So when that happened, his agent had to say, "Be on the phone to tell other teams, Seattle, hey, look, we got we're going to have about a sixteen million dollar deal. This is what this thing was." Seattle could have jumped on. There's a lot of teams right at that time because your agent, before he signs it, he can go shop it and see or, or, and force you to get cut. So I don't think it any. I don't think this is an indictment on Trey. I think this is a it's a good move by the Niners. Like you said, they said, "Hey, look, Jimmy, can we work this thing out? 
you know if something goes awry, we're, we're comfortable with you putting you in the game. We understand who you, you know the system. We, we're, we're pleased with you. We're just going in a new direction. You're still going to be a backup. We're going to we want you to be a part of this team. So I don't think it at all. Uh, I'm with you, Larry. I think this was just about getting Jimmy, don't letting him go, free agency, don't cut him, keep him on the roster, Intel, he can still help Trey. He can be Jimmy's a good guy. Jimmy, if you don't think if Trey asked him a question, Jimmy wouldn't answer. Of course he would. Jimmy is a good person. He's a good football player. And I think this is great that the Niners signed him because now you have a, a great backup quarterback. That's waiting in the wings. Yeah, and it's the most important position on the field. Let's go to the lines here. Bobby's in Oakland and wants to weigh in on this. Hey, Bobby, you're on 95.7 The Game. Bobby, are you there, bud? We're talking quarterbacks. Bob said no. Bobby! <laughs> yeah. My, there you go. Good, good. Yes, sir. So my, my feeling on, on, on the trade yeah. situation, I think it's going to be really good to great down the road. It may not start out the way. So I want to see Kyle stick with um, trade looks like he stuck with Jimmy Lasher. I had seen enough of that movie. I know it's coming out the popular thing to say, but like you brought up some points and that was just driving me crazy with Jimmy to throw interceptors at the wrong time. But with trade, athleticism, as you brought up low, the weapons on the outside, you got Debo, you got Kittle, you got 55 running backs. I think you can run some schemes that's going to protect them a little bit. And, that's, and I kind of see the offensive line and trade growing. It just takes time for it everything to gel. So I think we'll be all right with Trey. I just hope at the end of the day, Cal sticks with him and have the fortitude to stick with Trey and let it let his up. You can't get better unless you play. So yank him off the field. I, I don't think that would be a good thing. So that's my feeling on it. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a hell of a comment. Bobby, we appreciate it. I agree with Bobby wholeheartedly, though. I, the one thing I think Kyle can contribute to this thing is don't start jimmy-jacking guys around, not in and out, in and out. You know, every right. game, you know, I think the team will have a there'll be a hectic kind of chaotic feel to the whole presentation of the 49er offense. If that is indeed the case, I think it's really, really imperative that Kyle shows some patience. But you've been in this league and played, you know, in the backfield with a lot of different quarterbacks. How do you view, you know, uh, the head coach and the decision to go to one guy and back to another guy and the impact that it has on the other players? You can't jerk it. You, you, Larry, you, you, you hit the nail right on the head. You cannot play musical chairs with the quarterback position. You can't do it. It's not good for the team. It's not stability. It will cause – it's just, ma'am, you do not do that. Especially with this young kid, you, you turn the keys over to him, you let him ride. You drafted this guy, you're going to stay with him. I was in San Diego with the time, San Diego Chargers, and I can go – people probably remember this, Drew Brees, Hall of Fame quarterback, wouldn't we all agree? Yep. <laughs> Broke all the records, what he did. And then we had another guy, man, Phillip Rivers. Drew Brees was there, played with Drew for a year, and then the next year we drafted – They the Chargers decided they're going to draft Phillip Rivers. So Phillip Rivers was there. You know that the organization, not the head coach, the organization wanted to go with the young kid. Drew Brees played great. He held him off the whole year. Unfortunately, he got injured. If Drew doesn't get injured, I don't know. Does he get traded? Does Phillip get traded? And and Drew stays there. So, But at the end of the year, you know, but the whole year there was controversy. There was people saying, is the kid going to play? All the stuff that's surrounding Drew Brees, he stayed focused. He stayed, stayed the course. And he held the kid off and went on to have a great, great career. You look at what happened with Jimmy. 
Jimmy's been there, and the whole time there was packages for Trey, and they were trying to get him on the field. So this is something that the organization has been wanting to do. I played another place when I was with Steve McNair, the great late Steve McNair, and Neil O'Donnell. Steve McNair got hurt. Neil O'Donnell came in and lit it up. Neil O'Donnell was a good quarterback. Yeah, he was. Won five straight. You remember that team we had in in, in, in Tennessee? Titans? Yeah, Music and City Neil, Miracle. I remember it well. Yes, absolutely. And Why Noah check Donald and all those guys? Big, yes, he played a big part in that. So I think that the fans have to just don't make this bigger than what it is. This is Trey Lance's team. And guess what? Jimmy understands that. Jimmy G, let's be let's give the guy credit. The guy is a class act. He's a super person. He's a great human being. He's not going to disrupt anything. He's going to do his job. He's going to be prepared. He's going to take this like he's starting. He's going to sit back and he's going to go in there and he's going to be ready because Jimmy knows if, when he gets in there, the worst thing he can do is be like, ah, woe is me. He knows that if the opportunity comes, he wants to be prepared and play well because it's going to do nothing but help him and help his future and help his stock. So Jimmy is okay. Okay with this, he. I mean, he he doesn't necessarily want this, but he understands football, and it's football. But Trey, on the other hand, Trey's going to be fine. I don't think Trey is going. I think when you see what Cal Shanahan is going to come up with, the misdirections and all the different things he's going to do to help say, you know, keep this kid safe. I think fans are going to be very surprised. They're going to come out. I think they're going to come out humming. I do too. I really do. I think I think Trey, you know, we'll talk about this, but I think in some ways the game plan's the same. I mean, they're different skill set quarterbacks, but I think both guys, though, and I definitely want your thoughts on this, I think both guys would operate best in a pitch count. And when I say that, I mean, I don't want either of these guys throwing 35, 45 times. I don't want to see what we saw from Trevor Lawrence a couple times last year. I want to see them run the ball. And they got a bunch of runners. They got a bunch of O linemen. I think they went with ten O linemen. They 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 they're you know they're gonna we know they're gonna run the ball, but I would like to see them really run the ball, like run the ball a ton, and then let Jimmy let uh, Trey play action off of that on some key third downs. Keep his passing passes down to you know f- under twenty five, fifteen to twenty five passes somewhere in that range. Play action, some shot plays down the field, but run the freaking ball and 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 commit to that run, commit to it. Yeah, and you said you know that you, you know that uh, Larry the Shanahan he's going to commit to the run. That's that's what he does. He sets up the pass through the run. Do you, do you think it's sustainable, Larry? What do you think about this team? You know, we've been talking about the offensive line and talking about you know how they like to run the ball. We get that. Do they have the guys up front to get that done? And every year we see this running game because it's such a physical team. Does is this team or are they going to wear down? Do you think they're doable enough for for this type of football? Well, that's the question. I mean, I'll say this: uh, you know, John Lynch talked about you know how he wants physical guys, and you know, at some point he said it this last week: you got to impose your will on people. I mean, we like our our head coach, he said, and we think he's great at schematics, but at some point you got to impose your will, and he's still looking for thick, strong, tough football players. And they got a bunch of backs, man. Elijah Mitchell's legit. I think he's a one. I think Ty Davis Price potentially is a starting running back. I love the kid from Georgia Tech, Jordan Mason. Jeff Wilson is the best I've ever seen Jeff Wilson low. I mean, he's lean and mean and fast. He looks great. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think ultimately, you know, um, run the ball, ground and pound, you know, I mean, and then that also will take, you know, take pressure off a tray, fewer interceptions, 
fewer sacks, fewer negative plays. Um, I think they do have the 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 personnel to to run the ball, and I think you're going to see a diverse rushing attack. I think you're going to see a bunch of different things. I mean, you'll see some zone read. You're going to see some option. You may see some triple option. I think you're going to see some bootleg. Um, I, I think you're going to see. I think the one thing I love about Trey Lowe is that. He's got, from running the play-action game from under center at North Dakota State, he's a great ball handler for a young quarterback. Usually, right. they're, you know, they don't sell it with their shoulders and on the, right. on the mesh point. And the, the, the nuances of the run game, which you made, I mean, you, you could probably write a book about it. There's so many young quarterbacks that they just kind of, they don't, they don't really sell the mesh point. And the right. defense doesn't buy it. If you watch right. Trey, Trey sells his play fakes exceptionally well. He does it far greater than most young quarterbacks. He, he does. And I think what you're saying, alluding to, Larry, and I think that's a great point that you made. I'd love to elaborate a little bit. If you look about, think about the, the, the stretch plays and outside zone, what that does and the pressure that it's going to put on defense. Let me kind of take the listeners through this. Think about with Elijah Mitchell. He likes to, you got the tight end, say you're in a left formation. It, Trey's going to run out there to hand the ball, and they're going to meet at the tackle position. He's going to hand the ball, and it's a stretch play. The defense is slanting, trying to stop the stretch. And the running back, it's a one cut. So he's stretching. Stretching and he puts his foot in the ground. When he sees a lane, he's north and he's north and south. The tack, the defensive guys are saying, "Okay, keep outside leverage." So they're all trying to keep their outside leverage, trying to stop the cutback lane. And when you do that, and so they have success. So the backside in, he's crashing down the end of the line because he's trying to make sure he doesn't get the cutback because the Niners will cut back. They'll bring Cal Hushek, cut that defensive end, and the running back comes back in that little Trey bend back. So when you have that type of offense that you're doing that, now think about the stretch play when you're having that much success, and now Trey boots the ball, like you said. So now he boots out. Now the defense has to stay home. So God, people don't understand when you have a quarterback like that, the defense didn't have to stay home necessarily with Jimmy because they're saying, look, if he be, he can't beat you with his leg, so we can crash and we can recover. He's not fast enough to leave you, so you can crash down. So now, though, you have Trey. Trey's going to keep that backside in. Watch, guys. Watch, fans. He's going to keep that backside in and that linebacker at home. Larry, what say you? I say it creates a ton of space and it creates a situation, though, where – um, you got to you got to account for the quarterback in the run game more with Trey than Jimmy, and it's going to open up room on the field. And as you just kind of eloquently kind of painted the picture, you're not going to have that backside pursuit, and there right. can there's going to be potential at least for big plays in the run game with Trey on the field. Yes. If, if they if they execute if they execute it's, it's right. a big question it's a big question right. um, coming up next I want to talk more about you because I, you had an incredible career and I want to get your thoughts on the fullback position and the evolution of that but coming up next what is the and I, definitely on the text line or the calls you know one eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero what's the number one concern for the 49ers going into week one is it Trey Lance is it the O line is it the secondary? I think there's one concern that I have that we're not talking about at all, and I think it could be a major problem for the 49ers. So we'll, we'll hit that coming up next. Kyle Posey's going to join us from Niners Nation, top of the hour as well. We'll do – oh, we, we do. Okay, so get this. So we're going to talk to Kyle Posey, top of the hour. 
But the guys behind the sh- behind the glass here, Craig and Chris, are hustling. And Albert Breer broke the story that Trey was a little annoyed uh, at, in the immediate aftermath of the Garoppolo uh, contract restructuring. And he's going to join us next. So stick around. Lowe and Kruger with you on Labor Day on 95.7 The Game. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now back to 95.7 The Game. Well, we keep things rolling on the holiday weekend. Larry Kruger and Lorenzo Neal with you. Hope you're having a phenomenal third day to your three-day weekend. And with us on the uh, on the guest line is Albert Breer from Sports Illustrated. And Albert, thank you for making time on the holiday uh, weekend for us. Um, we uh, we were talking before about your report that that Trey Lance was a little annoyed in the <laughs> aftermath of uh, the Garoppolo restructure. What can you tell us? Yeah, so, uh, I mean, first of all, thanks for having me, guys. I, I uh, These things tend to get picked up and, you know, start arguments on social media. So, uh, thank you. I, 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 think it's, I think it's important to make sure, like, people know, you know, what I what I meant when I wrote that. And, um, you know, I, I really, like, I think from what I understand, Trey Lance's, you know, reaction, um, you know, I, I think was pretty natural. I think it's complicated news for him to take. Um, and you know, one of the reasons I use the word immediate aftermath is because I think in the in the immediate aftermath, you're probably processing a lot of things. Um, when the idea that comes up, I think what was most important about it, and this is just, this is my feeling on it. What was most important about it was that the Niners were upfront with their guys about it. Right. Like, and so, um, you know, after discussing it with Jimmy, the idea of it, the concept of it with Jimmy, 
and making it clear to Jimmy, if we do this, Trey is going to be our starter, and then discussing it with Trey, and then going to the leadership council and informing them of what they're going to do. Um, you know, I think they felt comfortable moving forward with it. So, you know, I, I know, like, you know, everybody's looking for, you know, some level of drama to, you know, tear this situation apart and turn it into something that's not right now. Um, but, you know, I, I do think the Niners, um, you know, their ability to communicate clearly with their players on this sort of thing, I think is what's going to carry them through. So do I think it was easy news for Trey Lance to take? No, I don't think it was easy news for Trey Lance to take. I, I, I think it's, you know, something you, you, if you're him, you ask a lot of questions about, you know? Um, but, you know, I think in the end, because the Niners did get in front of it and were pretty clear in communicating um, to all the guys um, what the plan was here, I, I think they'll wind up being fine in the long run. Our, tell me, take me back just a little bit further. How did we get there? How did the Niners get there with Jimmy G? What was the market like? Because as he yeah. had to agree upon this contract. What, how did this happen? What made him agree? Did he not want to be released? So evidently he didn't want to be released. So explain that. Take us yeah, that process. I mean, I mean, hey, look, like, you know, like if he wanted to be released, all he had to do was sit and wait. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, because if he sits and waits, um, that – you know, until uh, until I think it would have been this coming Saturday, right? Um, and that 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 twenty four point two million dollar base locks in is fully guaranteed, and um, you know they the, the the Niners have to make a decision before that point whether or not they want to pay him that. And obviously, they 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 weren't wanting to pay him that number, or else they wouldn't have renegotiated the thing. So um, he certainly could have forced their hand. I, I think above all else, um, when they went through this whole thing. It was, it's sort of a position nobody wanted to be in, you know, and it, and it was making the best of a bad situation. The Niners went into this offseason wanting to trade Jimmy. They wanted to get value back for him. Um, they thought, you know, before he had the surgery that he potentially could bring, bring back two second round picks, which is the price they got for Alex Smith all those years ago. Um, and Jimmy wanted to go start somewhere else. And because of the shoulder surgery, the timing of it and everything else, um, you know, he gets that done in March. Now, you know, he's not going to be fully healthy until halfway through training camp. And, um, you know, another team is going to look at that and say, can we commit to the guy as our starting quarterback if we don't know what this is going to look like until at least the middle of the summer? He's going to miss all of our spring camps and probably miss a good chunk of training camp, too. There wasn't a team willing to do that, especially when you consider that there's only one year left on Jimmy's contract. You know, and so, you know, I, you know, that's, that's why they got to the start of training camp and they were where they were. I think the Niners genuinely believed someone else's quarterback situation was going to change in a material way um, over the first three or four weeks of training camp. That didn't happen. And so, you know, I think about three weeks ago, they're sitting there with a quarterback and, and no landing spot for him. The guy does want to start somewhere, but there's no starting job out there for him. And, um, you know, they've got, uh, you know, an asset that, they're not sure quite what to do with. And so, Are you surprised? You know, this solution is actually in part done to extend the window to trade them. You know, you have another two months for something to change somewhere else. So maybe there's an injury somewhere else or something. And, you know, in end of September, beginning of October, end of October, someone is in a desperate spot and they're trading for him. Um, you know, but at the very least, you're getting him back at a rate – less than what he was going to make, um, the, 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 the contracts that he was going to make in 2022. 
and you know, and 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 he gets money locked in for this year. And if there's an injury or something else in San Francisco, well, he's going to have a chance to showcase himself with a really good team um, to set himself up for 2023. So, as you guys can tell, there's just so many moving parts here. But I think it all starts with um, where you were back in March, what the surgery did to this situation, um, and the fact that logistically everybody was in a difficult spot about two or three weeks ago. The voice you're hearing is Albert Breer from Sports Illustrated. Craig and uh, and Chris were were uh, on it and tr- tracked him down on this holiday, and he's with us as we've talked a little bit about Trey Lance and the story that Albert has is that Trey was a little annoyed in the immediate aftermath of Garoppolo signing a restructured deal, which to me is not any surprise, and or is it a negative reflection on Trey? To me, that's par for the course. But let me ask you this, Albert. Is it naive for us to argue because I've been arguing this this week that the Jimmy Garoppolo restructure you know there are those in this market that are arguing it's a clear hedge against Trey Lance and his in his ability this year or his uh, readiness this year I think there's other factors here one you're ta- you're you're taking a va- an asset that had no value and now you've got a valuable asset going into you know the season and now you have an insurance policy against Trey but you also have a asset at a price tag that now makes him totally more tradable and I yeah. also I've seen so many NFL teams go to such great lengths to protect intel and uh, nobody knows your intel better than the quarterback could this be about is the restructure partly in your mind about making sure that that intel that the Niners have uh, doesn't wind up in Seattle's room or the Rams room uh, because of you know if they had cut Jimmy loose maybe he winds up in one of those two spots what do you think I don't think it was a driving factor, to be honest with you. I mean, I do think that there was a perception out there that Seattle could be interested. Um, But, you know, I I think in the end, this was the Niners trying to think outside the box. And, you know, if you look at Jimmy Garoppolo as an asset, like what's the best way to maximize the asset, right? And if you don't have a trade partner – then Jimmy can sit there again and wait until this coming Saturday, and the Niners in all likelihood are cutting him Friday or Saturday, right? So now Jimmy's walking out the door. You're not getting anything back from him for him, and he can sign wherever he wants. If you negotiate this deal with him and you get this deal done with him, um, you like, like I said, A, you have the ability to trade him if somebody else's quarterback situation changes in a material way. B, if you have an injury, um, you believe you got a Super Bowl roster, and so if somebody needs to come, if 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 Trey's hurt, you know, and misses three four games, you have a guy who you know can steer the ship without question, and then see if there isn't a trade partner over the next two months, and he's just on your roster as a depth piece, and then he leaves in March as a free agent, you're getting a draft pick back anyway in a compensatory formula. So, like, I, I look at all of those, like, I look at all of that, and it's like, if you just look at, like, the asset and what the asset was, what, what Jimmy Garoppolo was as an asset three or four weeks ago, is like, yeah, unless they can find a trade partner, they're probably going to have to cut him. Nothing's coming back. And they're getting zero value, you know, from having had Jimmy Garoppolo in their roster the last five months. I think what this does is it creates value in, 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 in having Jimmy around, and it creates value in that asset. And so... I know it's the easy thing to do is say it's a hedge. And I, I think to some degree, if 
Trey for some reason, and I don't think they believe Trey's going to fall on his face either. But if that were to happen for some reason, it, you know, obviously there's an insurance policy there. And obviously it is a benefit that, you know, he's not going to be giving the Seahawks information for week two. Um, but I don't think either of those things were, you know, driving forces in this whole thing. I think as much as anything else, it was about where Jimmy Garoppolo was as an asset and how, um, you know, the, the, the surgery really changed that and, and forced them to think creative and, and, and outside the box. How, how good can this 49er team be? And how much is dependent on Trey? I think a lot of it's dependent on Trey. Um, you know, I, I think they believe they've got one of the best rosters in the league. Um, I think if you got them in an honest moment, I think John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan might tell you this is the best defense they've had. Um, and, you know, the running game is, I mean, you lose Mike McDaniel, and I don't, you know, think that that's a small loss. But, you know, I think getting Chris Furster and, and Anthony Lynn to, to work in that area of the game I think was big, you know. And so I think they feel like they've got a lot of things working, and including the weapons around Trey, you know, in the passing game and having Brandon Ayuk, who they, and I'm sure you guys know this, think is going to develop into a, a very real, like, top receiver this year. You know, obviously Debo there, and then George Kittle maybe the best, best tight end in the game. Um, and I think a lot of this is going to ride on Trey and how they play Trey. Um, I, I think it's for, you know, I, and I and I think it's gonna be really really interesting seeing how Kyle Shanahan deploys Trey because I don't know that he's ready to run the Shanahan offense the way say Kirk Cousins ran it or even the way Jimmy ran it the last couple of years. So I think they're gonna do some things to get Trey going and make him comfortable. And um, you know, I, so I think it's going to look a little bit different than than than, than what you guys have gotten used to over the last five years. You know, but I also have faith in, in Kyle's ability to draw it up and, and make it so it does hide some of the, trefici- the deficiencies in Trey's game, where those exist right now, and highlights what he's really good at. And I think if you want an example of how good Kyle is at that, you know, look at Robert Griffin's Griffin, his first year in the NFL. Nobody was ready for what Washington did, did that year in 2012. And so I think there are going to be some elements of that in the way that, that Kyle deploys his offense this year couple more minutes with Albert Breer. We're lucky enough to get him here on this Labor Day. Um, who's coming calling for Jimmy G? Which team is most likely to come calling for Jimmy G in October outside of the, the team that loses a quarterback? Is there yeah. somebody that you see right now that you know could be angling for Jimmy in October? I mean, I was going to say, I hope you're not asking me to predict injuries. So <laughs> no. <do> <laughs> um, bad I karma. Mean, That's bad was- karma. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I do not want anyone to get hurt. Like, I'll, I'll just say that up front. But, I mean, obviously there's obvi- always a possibility in football that somebody could, could wind up getting hurt. And so um, that's out there and possible. Um, you know, I, I, I think Cleveland's one that's sort of, you know, if Jacoby Brissett doesn't look a certain way, could they look at it and say, uh, you know, even for you know eight or nine games, it's worth it. To bring to bring Jimmy Garoppolo in, a guy who at least knows the bones of Kyle Shanahan's offense, what Kevin Kevin Stefanski runs there in Cleveland, um, is similar to uh, or is, well, he, he he learned it from Gary Kubiak. So that'd be one. And I'm just like looking at the teams now, guys, and like you look at like a Houston, like I it makes sense because Nick Casario's there and he was part of drafting Jimmy in New England, but I think they really want to give it a run with Davis Mills and see what they have. Like Seattle, you obviously everybody's talked about Seattle. 
But, you know, if Gino and, 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 and maybe Drew Locke at some point aren't very good, are they at the, are they, do they get to the point where it's like, is it worth going and trading a, a draft pick to go get Jimmy now? Or do we just want to, you know, wait this out and draft one next year? So I, that, that's where the issue is. So I, I, I don't think there are any obvious suitors out there right now. Um, an injury may drive this thing. Um, you know, but like I, I, I like I, I I do think Jimmy's still got some value, you know, as a quarterback. And, you know, I, I, that, that's why I think it's important to emphasize what, that the shoulder injury really was what drove all this. And it's the reason why they weren't able to get any value back from I don't know if they would have hit their price, what the, you know, the price of two second-round picks if um, Jimmy didn't have the shoulder surgery, if he didn't need the shoulder surgery. But, um, you know, but, but, but I do think that they would have been able to get something good back for him if he hadn't been hurt. Albert, last last question. If I were to put you on the spot and tell me right now today, who's your three best teams in the NFC? Who, who, what would be your order if you had, if you had to? Had to. Uh, I mean, I, I think the layup would be you know Packers, Rams, Niners. I think I picked the Packers to win the conference. I, I had the Niners in the NFC title game, actually losing to the Packers. So um, oh. I, I I think those three teams. I think it's much clearer in the NFC. Um, if you ask me right now, um, I think those three teams are probably the top tier with Tampa right there, like knocking on the door. And the only reason I don't have Tampa higher is I just, I worry about their offensive line. Like I just, I see the number of injuries they've had up front. Um, you know, losing Ryan Jensen, I think was a really big deal. Capital left in free agency, Ali Marpet retired. So you're completely new, which the Niners are too, by the way. Um, guard center guard, right? And so, like, I, I'm a little bit worried about that. I also look at the age of their team, and you just, I don't know. I mean, you played in the league a long time, right? Like, you wonder if there's, a, uh, like, a, a possibility that a lot of teams get old or a lot of guys get old at once. So, you know, I think it's the, the three I mentioned, I'd say the Eagles, the, 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 the Bucks are right there knocking on the door, and the Eagles, if Jalen Hurts can take another step, would be the fifth team that I would look at coming into that group. So you asked for five, for three, and I gave you five. <laughs> there you go. You're, you know, you're, you really deliver. Hey, last one I have for you, and we really did appreciate you uh, jumping on the line with us here on Labor Day. Um, this is, in my opinion, the most compelling story in the NFL this year. I mean, yeah. Garoppolo, Lance, Shanahan, the Niners inside their Super Bowl window. They've gotten close. What is the second most compelling NFL story? And give me a surprise team. You've been around. I saw you in Niner camp a few weeks back. I know you've been visiting camps all around the NFL. Give me yeah. the surprise NFL team that you're looking for this year as well. As far as compelling storylines go, I got the like. I'm looking at the list of teams. I, I just think like the overall you know quarterback situation in the AFC, and, and to me like. Baltimore, like you look at all of them, right? Like, so we've spent a lot of time over the last six months talking about Mahomes and Herbert, Allen and Burrow, and how great all the young talent is the NFC in the uh, in the AFC at that position, and how it's going to look that way for the next ten years or so. I'm really interested to see what happens with Lamar, you know, in Baltimore, because yeah. you know all those guys I mentioned. I mean, Mahomes is the only other one that has an MVP, right? So Lamar's got an MVP. He's in a contract year. 
Does he do a contract in the next week or so? I'm not sure. You know, I think they're going to make a real effort to get something done, but there's a possibility he doesn't. And, you know, I, 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 he plays a different way, and he had an injury last year for the first time that really took him off the field for an extended period. So, you know, I think, you know, in real time, we're going to get to see, like, is this sustainable? Do the Ravens believe it's sustainable by giving him the contract that proves that they, that they believe that? Like, I just think that Baltimore's quarterback situation, not that Lamar wouldn't be the starter for any reason, but I just think, like, where they are with their quarterback right now and where their quarterback is when you talk about perception of what he was a couple of years ago versus how many people see him now, and it's almost like he's the forgotten man behind the other guys who are his age. I just think all of that's really interesting. And as for a surprise team, um, the Vikings would be the one that I'm sort of looking at in that, like, you know, I think it's sort of like the Raiders, and I've given some people the Raiders in the, in the AFC. I, I think both those teams, you have, like, a new coach, a new GM coming in, and those teams came in and were, like, the, the tendency might be, all right, we're going to tear this thing down and, like, just build really slowly, build it back up really slowly. Those two groups, the, the groups that went into Vegas and the groups that went into Minnesota, like, wait a minute, there's some really good players here. Maybe we don't need to tear this down. Maybe we can win right away. And so, you know, I think I, I picked both of those teams to make the playoffs, the Raiders and the Vikings, um, because I, I, I think that the guys that are coming in are pretty good, you know, and, you know, I think that you, you, you look at where they are, and, I mean, the, the Raiders were in the playoffs last year, and they add a franchise-level player on each side of the ball, and Adams on offense and Jones on defense. And then, you know, I think the Vikings – like they've got like a really good veteran core. Plus they've got guys like Justin Jefferson who are already really good young and should continue to get better. And so I think both of those teams might be a little bit better than people think. Hey, we love your stuff, brother. Keep it rolling. Thanks for jumping on the line during, uh, during the holiday and, uh, and good stuff. Thanks again. We'll do it again. Awesome. Thanks guys. Have a good one. Albert Breer, sports illustrated, one of the best in the biz. And he's, he's good, man. He is really, really good. Um, well, we, you know, we were going to talk about number one concern, and we got Kyle Posey coming up in the next segment. What, what is your Niners' number one concern going into uh, coming into twenty twenty two? Is it Trey? Is it the O line? Is is it the secondary? Because I'm a little concerned, to be honest, about losing DJ Jones up front and what you know. DJ shut down the A gap run game. I mean, you just yeah. you didn't even t- you didn't even try the Niners in the A gap in the second second half of games because you saw DJ and he just plugged it all up, I think they're going to miss him. That's my one concern that we're not talking about is that DJ in that run game up the middle, um, not having DJ. G- give me your number one concern going into uh, week one. I, I think it's got to be the offensive line, just the stability there, the continuity. I think you got to see if they're going to be able to gel because you got to you for for Trey to be Trey and for this young team to have success on offense the way that we think that they can. It's going to be dependent on those horses up front, you know, because you're going to have to make sure they keep moving them, creating a new line of scrimmage, and keep that run game going because if the run game's going well. That just makes Trey that much dangerous, like you alluded to, the passing game, the play action. So for my concern is the offensive line. And, I, you know, he went Minnesota and the Raiders as surprise teams. We can hit more on this later, but I kind of like Carolina. I mean, I, I'm looking at Carolina with all those weapons, and Baker's got a new lease on life, and, you know, they've got some nice players in that secondary. And I kind of like – I've seen Carolina a couple times in the preseason. They look good to me. Uh, they would be my surprise team. Do you have a surprise team? 
I, you know what? I think everyone's just counting out, counting out Denver. I think everyone's look at the AFC West and they say, okay, the Chargers, of course, and you look at Kansas City. I, I think that people are counting out Denver. I think when you look at Denver, you think of the defense they already have, have some guys can play. You look at the two-headed monster running backs they have, and I don't think you should count out Russ. So I think that Denver's going to be surprised. I think Denver's going to be better than what people think. Yeah, that's a good one. Denver's got a ton of weapons. Jerry yeah, Judy, they, Cortland they, they Sutton. Do. Uh, sure. The tight end, who I can't pronounce his name, Albert O. Uh, he looks good. Javante Williams. Uh, yeah. Russell just no signed for big money. Him. Yeah, no, Denver, people are kind of sleeping on Denver. Everybody in that division looks good to me. Yeah, I, I, I think that's the toughest division in football. I, I think I, I think t- Tennessee takes a step back. I think I think Baltimore's done. I think this is now. I think it's really the Steelers are still going to be good. Yeah, Baltimore's done. I think that. I think Tennessee's had had its time. I think that you look at uh, the Steelers and 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 uh, Cincinnati. I think those two teams are going to still be the cream of that crop there. And uh, Indy, Indy's Indy's that team. I, I don't know. Indy just they have some. Their offense, they can run the ball. They got one of the best offensive line in football. Their defense underachieved. Indy, Indy can Indy Indy might be another good team to watch, watch, keep an eye on. No question. I love Chris Ballard, one of the best young GMs in the game. Frank Reich, very underrated. They got a quarterback and maybe the best running back in the entire game right now. And Jonathan Taylor, I love Jonathan Taylor. All right, this segment sponsored by Lucky California. Incredible food leads to unforgettable times. So Lucky California has the deals that pave the way to a spectacular Labor Day weekend. Red or green seedless grapes are just a dollar forty-seven a pound limit six pounds lucky california the golden state of eating well we just talked to albert breer coming up next kyle posey the managing editor of niners nation is going to stop by we'll get his thoughts on trey lance in the season ahead niners tee it off sunday at soldier against the chicago bears kyle joins us next lo neal and larry kruger with you on labor day on 95 7 the game this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Yeah. 